Tell of all his wondrous works. Tell of all his wonders. No one can fathom. Tell of all his wonders. Remember the wonders he has done. No one can fathom. Wonderful to tell. Wonderful to tell. Wonderful to tell. Hi guys, this is Wonderful to Tell. I'm Tracy Conrad. Today's episode, we bring you Erica Pitstick, a wife, mom, actress, business owner, and entrepreneur. Erica was raised in El Salvador, attended college in California, and met her husband in Israel. Here's Erica's story. Well, it was interesting because I was sitting here and I had the story of, I'm going to tell about how I met my husband in Israel and all the great things he did, but I really felt like the Holy Spirit was really tugging my heart to just share something different. So I'm just going to go with it. So just pray for me as I share. But um, I think for me, I came from a home that was, you know, very hard in the sense that my dad, he said he was a believer, but he didn't really walk the talk. You know, he really did care about people and all these things. So from the outside, it looked great, but I don't believe he really had a relationship with Christ. And so he really turned to drinking and a lot of those things. He was a very loving father. He cared for us, but his relationship with my mom was not good. And and that obviously brought a lot of issues with us. And so we came from a broken home. So it's kind of important for you guys to know that because I was always looking to escape my house. And we were very blessed financially. So uh, we were, I was born and raised in El Salvador. I'll start there, Central America. So San Salvador, my dad was American. He's an entrepreneur. So he found an opportunity um, with my mom and they decided to have all three girls there. I'm the middle child, which they always say is the crazy one. I don't know. <laughs> but um, it was it was very interesting. We, we really loved growing up, you know, in a country that it was just so different, cultural, incredible, the food, the people. But one thing that people don't know about, it's like, the life over there is you have nannies, you have drivers, you have gardeners. It's just very normal to be raised that way. So my mom in her pain of, in her void of not having, you know, that ideal husband that she was probably expecting to have or he was not home as much, you know, we were with nannies a lot at home. So that combined with my dad and their fighting and drinking, it just felt like home was not, I never was raised in a home where it would be considered Christian or normal. I was never hurt or abused in any way, but verbally, there's still some fear, you know, when dad drinks too much, you know, what is he going to come and say? Or is he going to come to my room and wake me up and, and be upset about something? You know, you just, there's still that fear. So as I go to college, I'm running to college. I'm excited because I get to live my life and I have the freedom. And it just really hit me in the sense that all I wanted to really focus was in my career. It was, I was just very selfish. I said, I don't want to depend on anyone. And I had a very negative view of like men and marriage because I grew up in a home where I didn't really see the family dynamic modeled right. So um, I went to California in a very successful zip code, which is Palo Alto. Um, Facebook was a few blocks from where I lived. The original Facebook, when it started, it was very small. But then obviously now that it's like blocks and blocks and blocks of buildings, right? But it was Silicon Valley, so there's a lot of opportunity there. And I was blessed because I was able to babysit a lot of 
wealthy people that $20 an hour is just nothing, right? So um, I became very workaholic, if you may say. And I had a vision in mind, and I was just going to, you know, work really hard, make a lot of money, and just be very career-oriented. Of course I wanted kids. Of course I wanted a family, but that's not the way that God wanted it. I had my own perspective of what family would be. I would be in charge. And my husband could have opinions, but I would be in charge. <laughs> so um, not so much for a submissive wife, like scripture, right? I was like submissive. Like I would see homeschool moms and I would be like, run, what are you doing? We're in 2016, you know, back then. Um, or actually 2010, it feels like forever. But, um, but as we fast forward to college life, God really protected me, really. Me working with well, all these families actually kept me out of trouble. I didn't really have a lot of time to party or be with the wrong crowd because my mind was just ka-ching, ka-ching. I'm making a lot of money. So this is a motivator for me. And as I graduated in 2010, uh, one of the biggest things that I've always loved is acting. And I did it in El Salvador since I was four. Uh, So being in commercials and modeling and print was just very normal to me. And being able to do it now in, in California just seemed very appealing. And I have a lot of opportunities where I actually could have gone to Hollywood and actually pursue this career. But sure enough, right when I'm about to make that huge decision, God intervenes in my life. And in these four years in college, um, God was trying to get my attention in so many different levels. But I was just not ready because my heart was so hurt from everything that I witnessed with my family at home in El Salvador that I had a wrong perspective of God. I said, you know, if you're the type of God that you let my dad be an alcoholic and all these things that happened, I don't want anything to do with that. Or all these nights that I cried myself to sleep, begging you that my parents wouldn't get a divorce. And then my mom leaves us. And then we don't even know where she is. And she's suffering from depression. And there's just so much stuff. And then my dad, obviously, with cheating. And then the girlfriend now comes to the house. And it's all these things that you're just dysfunctional is like capitalized. Like this was my life. So I was just very angry at God, very resentful. And I had a great relationship with him. You know, I accepted Christ when I was six. I was very like I knew I wanted in my heart. I loved him. But when it came to teenage years, I was just so confused and so hurt that it was easy for me to listen to the condemner, to Satan and to listen to those words of like, he doesn't care about you. Look at your family, like all these things. And that's how in college I didn't really have that relationship that I should have with Christ. But it's never too late. Because like I said, when I was graduating college, I could feel him so powerfully. And I know these the power of prayer, like you mentioned. There were so many people praying for me. There were so many people that were just praying that I would just come back to the Lord. My heart was just so hardened. And it was just incredible that right before graduation, I felt like billboards or commercials or radio, everything just felt like it was God speaking to me, like, come back to me. You're just like, okay, God, I get it. And I felt it so strong that I would even look up and be like, you need to stop. <laughs> you need to stop. I'm not ready yet. Um, But I'm glad he was so persistent, that he didn't take a no in the sense that, in such a loving, gentleman way, because God obviously is not going to force us, but he was just so strong in his love. And I think it was also a way of him showing himself, I'm not your dad. 
I'm not your mom. I'm going to love you and I'm going to run hard for you regardless. And they can fail you and they can hurt you, but I'm not that. And he was trying, I think, to prove himself in a different way that I had never experienced from a human being. So that to say, um, obviously I am human. So I ended up just saying, came to a place in my heart where I was just like, Lord, I'm ready to have you back into my heart. I just couldn't say no anymore. There was no more reason to say no. And from that day on, I just said, I want what you want for my life. And very clearly I saw just like, Ab- not Abraham, but I felt like it was just the call of Abraham, like leave everything you have built here and go back and live with your dad. And I'm like, wait, what? Are you serious? Like, I just, I've made all this money. I have all these apartments because I was actually renting out apartments by then now, subleasing apartments. So it became a very good business. But there is a scripture that says that, you know, the money just kind of falls in the holes when it's not made right. That's kind of what was happening. So it was not actually being profitable in any way uh, because God was not a blessing it because his hand was not there. He wanted me somewhere else. So I had to become, it was easy for me to be obedient because that was that new love. And God really restored my relationship with my dad, my relationship with my sisters. It was hard. It was very, very hard. But he did it. And it took my obedience and my yes. And the reason I share that is because I would not be able to have a husband and for me to have the family that I have now if that hadn't taken place. And I wouldn't be able to see work and the value of a career or a passion if I didn't know the value of family first. So for me now, as I see staying home with my children and loving them, that's my ministry. Before, I would laugh at that and be like, this is a joke. Like, I, you know, I would love my kids, but I just saw things so differently. So I just want to be able to share, you know, the wonderful to tell is that God completely changed my heart and my view of how I saw family, how I saw children, and how I saw husband, most importantly. And that's how I was ready to meet Price in Israel. And I met him, and I went to Israel by myself. This was the time where my heart, I'd given my heart back to the Lord, and he made it possible for me to be in that trip to Israel. Sure enough, uh, things happened, flights got changed, all this chaos, and I was just fine with it all. And when I get to Israel, the first uh, place that I get to where they're doing all these things and conventions and Graham speaking, and there's only one open seat in that 300 auditorium. And of course, it's like literally next to my future husband then. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked for a little bit. I thought he was kind of funny and weird in a way, and I just kind of left. It was just very interesting, the whole thing. That's another story in itself. But um, he kept coming back and being like, there's there's a spot in my bus if you want to come to my bus. And I'm like, oh, Israel Romans is the last thing I need right now. I'm not giving this guy anything. But he just was showing up all the time, just wanting a friendship, really. And I was able to just open my heart and trust again after so many hurtful things that happened in the past with relationships. And I never really thought much of it. And we just kept kept a relationship and through it all, um, we fast forward to now and it's just beautiful to see what God did from our friendship to our engagement to now married. And now that I have three kids and counting and 
I can really just see God's hand in it all. But most importantly, I can pursue my dreams as far as acting, which I'm still doing, um, in a different way where it doesn't interfere with my love for my family, for my love for my home. And I think um, that's so crucial because if I hadn't been obedient to the Lord, you know, my family could be suffering because of my own selfish pursuits of what I would want to do instead of putting my family first. And I think God really does that if we allow him. Now that there was a time in my life that he asked me to let go, not the time where I was going to go to Hollywood originally and had agents already interested, but it was actually in my marriage where I was a newlywed that I just start feeling like, why do I have all these passions and all these desires to do something like this? Like I've been doing it since I was four and I enjoy it. Why do you, why did you make me this way? Like I just had these moments to God, just being real of you've given me all this, but you don't give me the opportunity. And then you're saying to not do it. I'm so confused. And I just kept feeling like, trust me, just this, there'll be a time. It's not now. And I kept just remembering moments when I was little, like the first thing I ever wanted was like a video camera. And I was just videoing everybody doing my own shows and putting them here and acting. And I'm like, you really have given me this. It's not something that I made up later on. And I just really need to know what it means to let it go. I thought I'd let it go, but I hadn't because I was still like forcefully trying to figure out what to do. But finally, there was one day, I remember I had my, my son Elijah with me, and I was carrying him around, and um, I had auditions, and I had all these things, and it was great, and all of a sudden, I just, it was just a sweet moment, where I just said, Lord, honestly, if, if I don't act, or if I don't do any of that, which I love doing, it's okay, but it was just like this gentle Like, it's okay. And I was honestly fine with it. And I released it. And I felt it in my heart. I felt that release. And it felt so good. And I was like, this is what it means to let go, God. And I kept on with my day, just cleaning the house, picking up Cheerios on the floor, just normal mom things. And and now, a couple months ago, I'm sitting here and I'm start realizing, wow, when I let go of all those things, you brought them back to me like nothing. And I was not even looking for it. Like all of a sudden, an agent signed me up and said, okay, I want you. And then all of a sudden, I get all these calls. And then I get these jobs. And, and I wasn't even trying to look for it or get it. And God was just giving it to me. And then not long ago, my kids had the flu. I was just horrible. It was just like literally like the trial of Job in my house. Like one thing after another after another. I was just like... Literally, you get flu type A and then you get flu type B. Like, we've never had this. Like, what is this? And now my son RSV, like, it was just months of just, oh, my gosh. And, but that strength, like, he showed up when I needed it. I was crying with kids growing up, with kids with fevers. And I was just like, okay, God, one more day, one more day, you know. And in the midst of all that chaos, I was, like, the most productive I've ever been when it comes to like my passion projects. I was able to put a documentary that I had done and hosted and I did partially the filming, the producing and editing. I was able to do all this crazy stuff that takes a lot of concentration, a lot of time. I was able to do all that and to know that now the documentary is now on Amazon. And I was able to finish um, 
publishing a book for children's book that I wrote for my husband, and it became like number one new release in Amazon. And all these things started coming up that I'm just like, how in the world? Like I got buckets of who knows what everywhere with my kids being sick and yet I'm sleep deprived and yet you are giving me this encouragement. I can hear this in my spirit being like, just one more word, just one more submission, just just click this, just send it here and, and almost like this clear direction of being able to complete these things. And now I just sit and look at all this and I'm like, wow, God, all this stuff that you put on hold, you're being faithful and you're allowing to use this talent, this passion that I've had to really bring your name in glory because I couldn't have done it. There's no way. There's no way I could ever take credit that in the worst days I've ever experienced as far as not sleeping and my kids sick and being worried all the time and anxious and my husband being sick. So I was the only one and I was trying to, you know, it's just horrible. It's where God showed up and revealed his strength through all that weakness in my house. So that was basically it as far as, you know, in the storm and the weirdest times where you least expect it, God shows up and he shows himself and he always proves to be exactly what we need when we need him. And it's just amazing. So that's it. I love how God led Erica to reconciliation with her sisters and father and through the process restored her trust and love for family, enabling her to have a healthy, thriving family of her own, flourishing in her role as a wife and mom. Erica has many passions, one of which is spending quality time around the dinner table as a family. Out of her desire to make dinner time a fun family experience, she's developed Fun Time Dinner Time Boxes, providing a jumpstart for other families to make their dinner times special. To see photos of Erica with her family and to learn more about Fun Time Dinner Time Boxes, visit our website at wonderfultotell.com. And be sure to subscribe to our show so you won't miss out on any of our episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at Wonderful to Tell. This episode was produced by Brad and Tracy Conrad with the invaluable support of our crew members, Michael Lindy, Kevin Katie, Karen, Nancy, Mark, Debbie, Haley, Jeffrey, and John Alfred. Michael Conrad composed our intro. Lindy Conrad came up with our name. And Matt, Jeff, and Justin from Fort Worth High Tech Signs created our logo. If you have a story wonderful to tell, let us know. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and at our website, wonderfultotell.com. And thanks for listening. 